What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. Today, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the amazing Christian Gibney. He's joining me today on this episode to talk about travel stories and his overall travel experience throughout his amazing, amazing life and career. So, Christian, welcome to the show. Could you please introduce yourself a little bit about your background um, and, you know, just something cool about travel you'd like to share? Yeah, for sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Carl. I'm honored to be here. Um, But yeah, a little bit about myself. So, again, my name is Christian. Uh, I've been working in the luxury travel industry for, oof, time has become very warped. (laughs) But I think it's been about six years now. Hmm. my my background was actually in biomedical engineering um sort of transition to how i got into travel i was living over in germany finishing up my undergraduate degree and while i was there i was traveling all over every weekend uh utilizing you know ryanair um deutsche bahn uh easyjet all the you know the budget ways of traveling around and i really got bit by that proverbial uh, travel bug. And yeah, ever since then, it's been a, a slow realization process as to, you know, what I want to do in life and realizing, you know, engineering was something that sounded fun and interesting when I was choosing what major I wanted in high school. But now, um, you know, I've come to the realization that travel is really something that I'm passionate about and I love sharing. Um, so yeah, I've been working in that field for yeah, like I said, almost six years now, which is crazy to think about. But yeah, that's that's a little bit about how I got into the uh, the industry and where I'm at now. And you know what's so fascinating? I took Ryanair and all those airlines that you did when I first, first started traveling. Mm-hmm. I had no idea they were budget airlines. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I was like, oh, look, these airlines are, they aren't. And the funniest story about Ryanair, we were flying into Spain and we were approaching the runway and the pilot, and all of a sudden we... We're literally about to land, and then you know the wheels went up, and then we went up again. We started not landing mm. anymore. And the pilot, funniest thing, got on the got on the radio with like music on, and he was like, "Hey guys, so came in a little bit too fast. Gonna try this again." And I was like, "Oh my god, I'd never heard that before." But that was the first time I was on Ryan Air. Uh, they haven't sponsored this podcast, but it was great. I did land safely, uh, but I won't say anymore because I don't want to get in trouble. But yes, that was my first experience with Ryan Air. But I want biomedical engineer now. Yes. So from there to travel, right? So for me, I was supposed to be a doctor. And I was like, nope, first trip to Egypt, loved it. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm doing for the rest of my life. Like, how did that exactly happen? Did you just all together give up biomedical engineering and switch over to travel? Like, what was that process like? That's an interesting question because I think back on that part of my life often, considering where I'm at now and, you know, what I'm content with and happy with, with how things are going professionally and I think about how crazy of a transition that was because I had, I mean, I, like I said, I literally chose the major of biomedical engineering because I really enjoyed and did well in my physics and biology AP courses in high school. That's really where it came about. I then went through undergrad, you know, where I took some like graduate level courses towards the end of that time and found it very interesting. Um, I worked in, uh, on in laboratories doing some experiments both at the University of Connecticut and in Heidelberg Germany at the university there um, on you know biomechanics and um, 
uh, like molecular biology and stuff like that. And I realized that, you know, this is really, I find it interesting and fascinating in terms of what's been going on, especially recently with like 3D printing and how that mm -hmm. works into, um, you know, certain delivery of medications and whatnot. But I just wasn't passionate about it. I, I was never excited to go sit in the laboratory for a bunch of hours <laughs> and write little notes in a log book. And, and also it's just, you know, it's not something that I saw the, the fruits of my labor for. I mean, there's such an intricate, long winded process, especially in the United States as to how something that was initially an idea in a laboratory and then becomes like a drug that is helping, you know, thousands, millions of people or what have you. And I just was becoming disillusioned by it. I, was feeling very unfulfilled. Um, after I was uh, working in Germany, I, I moved back to the United States and was um, helping run clinical trials at uh, uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Research Hospital in New York City. And it was during those two and a half hour commutes <laughs> one way to the hospital that I'm like, this is not what I want to be doing. This is not you know what I'm meant to be doing. And I got a sort of fortuitous call from a friend of mine who I had met living in Germany, and he told me about this job that he was starting up. Um, basically, it was a, a low-budget uh, travel company based out of California. Mm. And what I ended up doing, because I, you know, I took the job, is I would drive a, a van um, all across the country for about thirteen passengers from wow. all over the world, <laughs> from you know, kids on their gap year from England to uh, people from you know, getting, taking a break from work in South Korea. I had a couple of guys from Saudi Arabia. It was their first time out of the country and they had wow. always wanted to do an American road trip. So that was an insane experience. But yeah, that, that my friend called me and told me about this job. And I thought, you know, that sounds fun. He, he reached out to me because I was always planning trips for our groups of friends again, every weekend when I was living over in Germany with all the Erasmus students and Americans studying abroad and all, and all the, the, um, yeah, the community of students from all over the world uh, in Heidelberg. And he thought, you know, this sounds like something you'd be interested in doing. So I, you know, had a lot of back and forth in my own head. I was talking to my parents about it. And mm. something I always remember is my dad telling me like, you know, this is the, this is one of those decisions in life that if you don't do it, you'll be kicking yourself and regretting it right. forever. And I thought, you know, that's, I think that sounds right. And I, I knew I wasn't happy in what I was doing. And yeah, I, I went and did that, that first ever travel job, uh, the most stressful job of my life, leading those tours, driving across the country. I was the tour guide and driver, um, therapist, and group, <laughs> group facilitator, everything. Um, it was, it was a lot, but it, it really taught me about, you know, something about myself in terms of how much I love spreading the joy of travel and what travel means to me with other people who are, you know, looking to have that same sort of experience. And yeah, that was my first foray into anything travel related. Um, and then eventually, uh, you know, another, I did another stint abroad teaching English in China um, in Guangzhou and then um, realized, you know, I like, I want to get back into travel. I was at that point, I sort of decided, okay, like biomedical engineering is a thing of the past. I'll figure out some way to use my degree and one day it'll be a nice welcome mat <laughs> at my house or a table mat at the dinner table or something like that. Um, and yeah, I found um, 
the more luxury travel industry and realize like, okay, I can make a living, have a more sedentary, you know, solidified lifestyle uh, working in this field. And yeah, that was about five to six years ago. Wow. And there's just so many things that was going through my mind as you were saying that, like the first thing that popped up was duty versus happiness. And it's mm-hmm. so amazing because I had the same or well, similar, the same, the similar conversation with my mother um, when I was deciding whether or not to study abroad. And because I was supposed to be a doctor, right? Because she, mother had brain surgery when I was younger. So when mm-hmm. I growing up, I wanted to be a brain surgeon because I saw how much the doctors helped her. And I was just really inspired by that. Right. And then one day I'm just sitting at home and just talking and she's like, Carl, she looked me in the eye. She was like, Carl, do not become a doctor for me. Like, you don't even seem happy. You don't seem to enjoy it. You're doing great at it. Shout out to you. But do do what makes you happy. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. And that's kind of why I decided to study abroad. And it was like, well, my the duty side of me was, well, I have all this education. I should use it. I should become a doctor, right? That's my path. But the happy side was, man, I actually really enjoy meeting people and learning new mm-hmm. things and doing new things. So my mother really gave me that push to kind of lean in that direction and lean toward that. But I think like from your very first travel experience, how you explained it, it was just, it was so much information and knowledge and experience and exploration all at once. And it's like, man, did it feel like an adrenaline rush that you were experiencing when you were going through it now that you're looking back and saying, wow, this is actually what I decided to do. And it was the best thing ever for me. Like what were the feelings and emotions you had as you were having these experiences? Oh yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, leave it to our parents to just, you know, provide that sage wisdom advice from their years of experience. But yeah, my, I just remember like as I was, you know, packing up and getting ready to go, I was just overcome with these thoughts of like confusion and anxiety and like, what am I doing? And, you know, my parents really helped solidify that, no, this is the right thing. This is what you have been showing and feeling, whether you knew it or not, that you want to do is, you know, moving into something that is more about your my passions than my than my, you know, academic interests. So, you know, while I felt all those feelings of like, just really throwing caution to the wind, and I had never been out to California, um, you know, before I just, I really was in my East Coast United States bubble. And when I, I remember getting on the plane and landing there and meeting up with everyone and realizing how adventurous and every, like everyone had come from, you know, I don't know. They were they had spent all their times in national parks, like growing up with their families. A lot of them were from West Coast, out where like Yosemite and um, you know all those beautiful national parks are out there. And I definitely felt intimidated. I felt, you know, am I am I cut out for this? Am I in the right place? Am I making a stupid decision? But again, I I always just thought back to what my parents, you know, were telling me is. You know, this is something that you that obviously makes you happy traveling, um, sharing that with people. And, you know, all those times that I felt just so in the dark about what the next day held, I would just think back to, you know, why I was doing this, why I even felt the feelings I felt when I was, you know, on that train commuting into New York City um, to go work at that job that I just didn't really see a future in. And, it helped me sort of recenter myself and see the path forward as to this is opening up a whole new door to something that you have always loved from a, from young. Um, I mean, my dad traveled all over the world with, uh, he's worked for AT&T and 
Hmm. Every time he'd go somewhere, I'd we'd go to the library together and we'd take out these little books, um, like little travel guides for kids on the country he was visiting. And oh. I used to, I mean, most people, most kids sleep with like a teddy bear stuffed animals in their bed. <laughs> I, I slept with books and a, a globe, like a rigid globe the size of my head. And I would use that to see like, where was he flying to? Where was he? What countries was he flying over to? How far away was he going to be? Um, and just all those memories felt like they were finally coming back, you know, full circle into what it, I, what I was about to be doing. And, you know, at that time, I didn't know I was going to be eventually selling travel all over the world. But at that time, it felt like this passion I've always had that I've never really, you know, paid attention to or really dove headfirst into in the way that I felt like I was, um, was finally you know, becoming a part of my daily life. And I was very excited about that, despite all of those, um, yeah, feelings of not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a uh, quite the journey that I, I, I was really happy and still am, you know, one of the best decisions I've ever made. And of course, it came with a lot of support and help. Oh, for sure. And I know I remember, again, my first time out, out of the country and I'm meeting other people and really feeling like such a novice in many ways because they were just talking mm -hmm. about their many experiences and how much they travel. And I'm like, hey, yeah, guys, I got lost at the airport on the way here. It's my first time. Uh, just trying to learn how to get around. Uh, yeah. But just feeling like, kind of feeling out of place, but no, no understanding that I was in the right place to figure out how mm -hmm. to navigate those feelings and emotions. And it's just been really good. So you've been to, well, I guess it's a question. How many countries have you been to so far? Is it still 41 or have you added a few here or there in the past? Um, yes. Yeah. I think that comes from my, the bio on uh, the origin website. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I've been to, let me think, I think I've been to like three or four more since then. So we're, we're like mid forties. Um, yeah. Around about there. And I know you've learned a lot from each of those destinations, but like, mm -hmm. are there any passions that, that, you've discovered solely from traveling where it's like, man, I did this in Peru or in Chile and now I kind of want to do this in America as well. Like, have there anything that you've discovered in your travels that you've kind of taken with you in your day-to-day -day life now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, growing up, I was very introverted, very shy. I really didn't thrive outside of my little comfort zone. And I'd say that zone was quite compact growing up for many reasons. Um, but as I really started traveling and just, you know, ex having these new experiences in different countries, I think I learned a lot about, you know, what it means to be a human, what it means to have an open mind and understand the world around you, understand, you know, each other individual person's perspective on life and how they go about their daily life and navigating all the challenges that life brings you. Um, that was separate from mine. And it really taught me that traveling, and not even just travel, I think traveling is almost a representation of us, you know, us people being able to step outside of that comfort zone that I had become so reliant on and, you know, really becoming uncomfortable. I, I really love how traveling can make you feel uncomfortable in the sense that, you know, those those little markers that you might look for around you and or within yourself all of a sudden become a bit foggy. Um, you know, they're harder to identify and you're, you're just more, more vulnerable and more open to, you don't have, you know, 
preconceived notions of what is happening you know in front of you is is relating to this pattern that you're so used to you're now in a new environment maybe the smells are different the food is different the language you're hearing on the street is completely you know something you've never heard before and it it's it it sort of takes away all of these these blockers you might put up in life uh to you know so you can block out all these all the noise and really focus on one thing and that's what i really understood that i i really took a lot of that from um traveling is how those barriers would suddenly come down and i'd really be able to see more of who i was see more of how i interact and how i survive if you will or thrive in certain destinations abroad um and then also how what that meant as to when i interacted with locals or you know something i always love to do is when i go traveling is just learn a little bit of the language mm. um you know that that can just be like survival survival portuguese or survival mandarin and <laughs> just so i can get in a taxi and direct my way home or just say hello and have like one little nice interaction with a someone at a restaurant um and yeah i mean all of this is just basically getting at that travel has really helped me realize my passion for exploring humanity the spread of ideas um yeah the human condition and how that changes based on your environment Oh, that, wow, thank you. So that was an absolutely amazing way of describing just oh, like the feelings and emotions that I get and everything I think about when it comes to traveling as well. It's just thank you so much, Christian. So <laughs> I do want to take a real quick game break because I do have some heavier questions. And I like to mm -hmm. I, I like to mix it up a little bit. So you've been to 40 something countries. I've been, to I think, 48, 49, 50, one of them. I forget. I always mm -hmm. stop counting. So what we're going to do really quickly, two minute game. We're going to okay. go back and forth and we're going to name, you can only name a country that you've actually visited, um, but you can't repeat a country that I said. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've probably been to some of the same country. So we're going to go until one of us makes a mistake and names a city instead of a country, which will probably be me because I'm. Be <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So I'll start us off. Three, two, one, Taiwan. Malaysia. Japan. Thailand. Korea. Germany. Philippines. Italy. Canada. Tanzania. France. South Africa. Kenya. Oof. Ethiopia. New Zealand. Morocco. Australia. Peru. United States of America. <laughs> Chile. Singapore. Yeah, I got that one in time. <laughs> Argentina. Lao. Oh, okay. I think I got Oof. that. Uh, Trinidad and Tobago. And I lost. All right. Damn, Chris, you're so good. <laughs> Jeez, I couldn't think of anything. I was, I was realizing <laughs> I need to move away from Asia because you were going to get me there. I'm like, I need to go somewhere else where I just, I can think of a pocket of places I've been to and not get distracted. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was, I should have, usually I write these down. I'm so sorry. I forgot how many we named, but that's just a, that's a lot of countries and a lot of different yeah. places around the world. And that is so fun to do. Like I used to travel mm -hmm. and go to bars and meet people and be like, oh, I've been to 70 countries and I would do that. And I would some, I, I'm not gonna lie, I lost a lot. I started naming cities after one or two beers. But thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. That was yeah, fun. a good mental exercise. <laughs> so out of all these countries that you've been to, uh, can you just rank your top three 
And then one thing you'll never forget or an experience, or it could be anything about those three countries that you'll always take with you and always remember. Oof, top three. Now, if you ask me this in an hour tomorrow, next week, <laughs> each time I'll have different answers. But let's say, okay, my top three, I'll start off with Japan. Hmm. I, I think Japan is, it's just, they have such a specific culture, a specific, like, you know, specific customs and way of life. And I absolutely loved walking around there. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, there was one day where I went to, um, I was in Osaka and I went to the this district called Dotonbori. I don't know if that rings a bell to you, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like a more grungy neighborhood in Osaka. And I was just wandering around waiting for a, a restaurant to open up that I really wanted to go to. And I wandered into a karaoke bar and I don't know if I was fully prepared for what was to come, but they, they like put the machine in front of me and really wanted me to sing Justin Bieber's baby, which I don't know the words to. And I actually don't even really know the beat to. So I like completely butchered it and I could tell I was, that I really disappointed everyone there. So I then put on, I, I cannot sing, but I, I guess have a lower voice. So I put on um, Frank Sinatra's New York, New York and Ah. that. And I got like the oldest guy who was just by himself at this bar, like singing with me. And that was just an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. So that's something I always remember from Japan of like just connecting with people that I just didn't speak the language of, but you know, they really love their karaoke bars. And it's something that my, my friends and I, my wife is an amazing singer and, we used to go out to karaoke bars in New York. So it felt like here's some common ground that I can, um, you know, break that ice with. But yeah, I just feel like Japan is such an interesting exploration of human culture because mm. it is quite different from so many, I mean, especially the West and the United States, uh, but even within Asia, it's it's just a, an amazing place to uh, explore and open up your senses to. Um, so that's number one pretty long answer for that one but then for number two i'm going to say hmm, maybe tanzania mm-hmm. i was just there last year and was lucky enough to see um the great migration um and for those who aren't familiar this is the movement of millions of wildebeest zebra um, and also the predators that will follow them around eastern africa um into the maasai mar of kenya and down to the Serengeti, and it's this cyclical cycle that's just happening um, at all times, you know, throughout the year. But I happened to be there when there were doing the the river crossings of the Mara River between um, the Maasai Mara and Serengeti, and just seeing the sheer number of wildebeest forging that river and the crocodiles. <laughs> coming to, you know, have lunch. And um, yeah, it was an incredible experience. And it felt like just so much bigger than anything I've seen um, from like a human perspective and the things that we do in our own, you know, patterns that we have as as humans and just being able to see like this force of nature happen before my eyes. That's so, it's not even just like one lion chasing down one gazelle it's just like thousands and thousands and thousands of these living creatures 
making this like absolutely terrifying crossing, having no idea, you know, the dangers that lied ahead of them and seeing just what that looked like in front of me was absolutely spectacular. And I think Tanzania is one of those countries where you can really go see what earth looks like, you know, without human impacts. Like when you're driving around the Serengeti in more remote places and just seeing these animals go about their daily survival, mm -hmm. um, you know, tasks that they need to do. It's, that was, that was a very beautiful place to, uh, to drive around and visit. And finally, number three for today, J July 3rd, <laughs> my July 3rd answer, um, is I would say Iceland. Um, I just think Iceland is like mother nature's sandbox and you know, there's just every sort of geographic, uh, ge uh, geologic formation. Um, the topography is insane. Being able to see the Northern lights is incredible seeing glaciers and these incredible waterfalls. It's, it's really peaceful. It's, it's somewhere you can go. And as soon as you step off the plane, it feels like the air is just, I mean, it probably is, uh, just so much cleaner and, yeah, I just yeah, it's it's just such a beautiful uh, destination to experience the powers of Earth and the geology of Earth. And yeah, I've been there a few times and and waiting to go back uh, for the next time. There's just it's a small island, but there's a lot a lot to explore. Yeah, I am very excited about one going back to Africa because I've been to Kenya and Egypt mm. and a few places. But I do want to get, like, I haven't been to South Africa yet. I haven't been to, you know, a few other places, countries that I want to visit as well. I'm really excited to get back. And just, I love the the nature-based experiences that I had there. I mean, mm -hmm. I did a lot of meeting and talking to people because that was something that was really, really important for me um, at the time and will continue to be. But I do want to get out in nature. Like, we did the safaris and things of that nature, um, the giraffe uh, sanctuaries, because yeah. you know, I like the places where they actually take care of the animals. A lot of that. But I do want to go back and just be outside a little bit more and Iceland has always been on my bucket list it's definitely a place I'm gotta go forward yeah. to going to yeah um, but like where is a place that you have traveled to that you have just no interest in returning to <laughs> where it was like ah, oh, you know what that was good but never again mm. um well I I must say I do think we are just different versions of ourselves with each trip that we make and mm. to say like I just will never go back somewhere is sort of cutting you off from experiencing something during a another version of yourself another stage of life but with that said i have no need to go back to nashville tennessee <laughs> <laughs> i was just i have a really good friend that's there um it's it's a i'm nothing against the city but i was there for a uh a wedding recently and there was just like bachelor and bachelorette parties all over the place. Yeah. I'm not into pop country music. It's made, it's one of my least favorite genres of music. I respect all genres of music and understand their existence and why they're there, but that happens to be my least favorite. And it feels like that city just exudes pop country and Oof. I just don't really need it anymore. But, um, and also my favorite part of Nashville, Tennessee is uh, hot Nashville chicken and so many that those they've opened up in so many different places here in Austin, Texas. We have some some spots uh, for good old Nashville hot chicken. So the best part of Nashville, in my opinion, has proliferated across the U.S. So I don't really need to go back. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is so funny because someone just told, was just talking to me the other day. I was like, hey, guys, we should really go to Nashville. And I was like, hmm. And I really just asked them why. And all the things you just brought up were the reasons why. And I was like, man, I sound like I'll have a terrible time. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't knock it till you try it. Right. But I tried it and I feel like I can knock it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm down to try and do everything. But some things are okay. Just mm. once. Just once. But so... So with that, I know you've went to a lot of countries as well. So like, what is a place that you haven't been to that you're really excited about being to? Because either you've heard a lot, you've read a lot, or you just simply want to go and, ex- and experience it. Oh, I'm going to take the liberty of giving two answers. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first one is New Zealand. Um, I've always wanted to go there. I, I love the idea that I've you know heard other people do. Of, it's like renting a, a camper van and just driving down that the South Island, like all the way down to Queenstown. Um, it just, everything I hear about it and the pictures I've seen, it just reminds me of what Iceland exudes and to experience that in another part of the world sounds very ideal to me. I love getting out, hiking around, um, breathing that fresh air. Uh, yeah, that's, that's high up there on my bucket list. It's just from where, uh, I'm geographically located. There's, there's really almost nowhere further to go on on our planet without leaving the planet than New Zealand. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been, <laughs> I haven't been able to coordinate a trip there yet, but hopefully soon. Then the other destination I'd really like to get to because of things I've heard is um, Central Asia and somewhere like Tajikistan or Kyrgyzstan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to work for a, a, an Asia uh, focus uh, luxury travel company in New York city. And so I really learned about that, those destinations, the the Central Asian countries, and I just think find it so fascinating the the culture there. Um, they have this one game that has several names, but the name that I remember is called Coke Baru, mm-hmm. and it's basically rugby slash polo. Um, the point of the game is to get a uh, a lamb carcass or a goat carcass wow. into a hole, and every all the riders or all the players are on horseback. And so they're riding around trying to steal this lamb carcass from the other team. And it's, it's like a very brutal game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I believe it's part of like a ceremonial feast. I don't know if they eat that specific lamb. <laughs> I guess it, I feel like it would get pretty tenderized throughout the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that on top of just, I just love learning about different cultures all over the world. And Central Asia is uh, one I, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting many people from there. I've really only read about um, those different countries. And yeah, I'd love to go hiking, singing in yurts and yeah, just meeting the people there. That's 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 my other answer. So that's more of like the human cultural answer mm-hmm. that I would have for the next place I want to visit. And then New Zealand being the more geographic, topographical place that intrigues me. Yeah, I absolutely love New Zealand. We did a road trip. Uh, we listened mm-hmm. to one album. Shout out to Rihanna. And the last album she made, <laughs> nice. which got us through the entire trip because we only had one. It was CD player back then. But yeah, yeah. breathtaking, absolutely absolutely amazing. Mumford Sound, the mountains, the water, the air. Mm-hmm. Like, I really felt transformed. Other than I, in New Zealand, they have this thing where you go through customs and they pull over. Like, a few people pull over. They, like, pull them to the side and, like, check everything because they're really big on, like, not bringing anything from outside of anywhere, food, 
anything yeah. into New Zealand. And I got searched, and I, that was kind of weird because I was the first one. I was like, ooh, but then I saw like a bunch of other backpackers get searched, and I was like, okay, maybe it's just protocol. <laughs> <It's not> just <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it, other than that, New Zealand was just absolutely amazing. So we are travel curators, right? We work yeah. to send other people to places that we've been that we're experts in and just provide them with the similar, you know, amazing experiences that we had. Uh, so like, what is some of the travel knowledge, like maybe one or two or three things that you enjoy enjoy sharing the most when you're discussing and talking about travel with people who may not be as well traveled as you are? I really like, like when I'm hopping on the phone with a, a client of mine or yeah, even talking to friends that are preparing their trip, I really like to set the stage and help them understand the lay of the land as to like, mm -hmm what they can expect um, in terms of, yeah, just like all five senses. What, what is that going to be like when you step off the plane and into, you know, the Medina of Marrakesh or the streets of Tokyo or wherever you're going? Um, and just to help give them uh, to contextualize where they're traveling, um, because I think envisioning where you're going to go can help begin the process of opening up your mind to, learning and taking in everything that you're going to experiencing because as i mentioned earlier it's it's just so easy to sort of get tunnel vision and look out for those little reminders of like okay that i know that that's a, a something that sounds looks familiar to me and i think when you do that you know again it's a natural human instinct but it sort of closes off your mind to just letting things and letting information and observations naturally roll in so that's one thing I like to um, just talk about and again, set the stage for when I'm talking about a destination to someone. Um, but on top of that, I am really into good food. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's the best way to learn about culture. So I'm always ready to pass along restaurant recommendations and, you know, different foods to try um, in places that uh, people travel to. So yeah, those are two things I, rarely gloss over when I'm uh, talking with someone about a trip that they're planning. And you see, this is, you know, this is moments where I feel like a novice again, because when you all five senses, like, I don't know if you guys got goosebumps listening, but I did just <laughs> when you like, when you're talking about travel with someone else to a place they've never been and all they're doing is looking at photos and Facebook and Google and stuff like that. I think that is the most important element, right? To have, to help people really feel connected and engaged with an experience when you're helping them get there is really describing, not necessarily saying this is exactly what you're going to feel, but setting them up like, hey, this is what you're going to see. This is how it's going to feel a little bit of your experience. These are the senses you should look out for to really help them connect more with the destination once they're there and then see how they actually experience it themselves. Like that was just beautifully said and really made <laughs> me think. I may actually retitle this podcast to... Uh, travel stories with Christian G all five senses because <laughs> that's just such a great way to like sum it up right uh, so thank you for that wow man I said wow a lot thank you thank you Christian. <laughs> that was really really great so at, at, at this point in your life do you prefer backpacking for yourself your own personal travel mm. or luxury travel which Ooh, one is your question um I do love a good hotel I I really come to appreciate you know like a, a luxury camp in the Serengeti and just how, you know, how minimal it is, but also how luxurious it is. I do appreciate um, all that. And I really don't miss sleeping on like, like during that, that tour guiding job that I did, I guess you can consider that backpacking because it was just more on the go, but mm -hmm. I really don't miss sleeping on park benches and 
the humid swampland of Lake Charles, Louisiana in 115 degree heat in the middle of <laughs> July. <laughs> um, and that also goes for some hostels that I say that just the AC is not really working and you're kind of sweating through the night, not sleeping. So I, in terms of the accommodation and the bed I'm sleeping in, I definitely lean more towards the luxury <laughs> travel um, as the uh, way of traveling. But I, in terms of just like my experiences and interactions, I really do like backpacking. And I've been talking with my wife about how fun it would be to go travel and stay in a hostel again, right. um, just for meeting like-minded people, uh, those who are also on their own travel journeys. And I'm basically doing what you and I are doing right now is just talking about travel. I think it's, I think I've made my point and say that I think it's one of the best ways to learn about yourself, learn about the world around you, open up your, your mindset, you know, step into a conversation or a place that is normally something you might avoid because it makes you a bit uncomfortable. I think traveling and like the, the lobby of a hostel is such a great way to experience that for, so for any young travelers, I definitely recommend leaning into the backpacking way of travel, but Maybe one day you'll want to switch over to luxury because one, you can afford it. <laughs> and um, and th those, uh, those hotels are just really interesting in and of themselves. So yeah, I guess I gave sort of a 50-50 answer, but that's my answer. <laughs> oh, for sure. Because I know I've backpacked through Thailand countless mm -hmm. times. But then the one time I did the lecture, I was like, oh man, never going back. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. it was great. <laughs> I was like, I definitely right. do this again. Uh, but also, it just again, it's just it's travel has so many sides to it that all of them are worth exploring. Like no matter how you explore a place, you can definitely take mm -hmm. something or a lot away from it. Um, so like, you, how would you describe your mindset before, during, and after you take a trip? Right. So I know some people I've asked this question, and even for myself, it's like I used to be very, very excited and like anxious and nervous before my trips. But then mm -hmm. it kind of evolved into like, okay, I'm just in the planning phase. I'm not even thinking about the trip. I want to just experience it when I'm actually in destination. Everything before that is just getting all my ducks in a row and making sure that once I get there, I have nothing to worry about. It's like, how would you describe your travel mindset before, doing and after you're ready to go on a trip? Yeah, I used to be very much, I think like you were describing, like before my trip, I would have all these spreadsheets and so many, you know, places listed like okay i need to get here here and here i'd make my google maps with everything starred and you know all the different options and understand like okay from where i'm staying it's this long to go to this place and then i might have time to go to that place after but then i want to go see this attraction so that's how i used to be but i think i've realized now like before i am traveling i like to really think of, like I, I get excited about the idea that i'm about to go experience something so new and so breathtaking and, and again, really opening up my, um, my mindset to just a, a whole new way of life. Um, again, it depends where I'm traveling, but that has become like the primary focus before I travel is just getting ready and gearing myself up and getting excited about what it is I'm about to experience on the trip. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm now, I think I'm doing, my wife might disagree with me <laughs> based on just what it means for me to be quote unquote unplanned when I travel. <laughs> I still do <laughs> some, some pre-planning, but in my opinion, it feels like a lot less because I think I am now thinking much more about what it is that 
I'm going to be like where I'm, like I said earlier, like those five senses, Mm -hmm. like what is it I will be experiencing? You know, I just went on a trip to Patagonia and Chile. And I remember thinking about like, what's it going to be like when I'm standing there at the base of the Torres del Paine? Uh, Like, what am I going to be feeling on my skin? And what am I going to what will I be looking out on? What will it smell like? How clean will that air be? And I just, I get so excited about thinking um, what that will be like. And then, yeah, once I'm actually on the trip, um, it feels just so exhilarating. You know, these, all those nights of lost sleep that I'm (laughs) experiencing (laughs) because I cannot wait to get on this trip and to this destination that I've, you know, long been, dream about going to it just it feels like how i remember as a kid walking around disney world (laughs) just (laughs) so excited and just so enamored with everything around me um yeah and then when i finally get back from that trip it's it's very retrospective thinking about you know how how do i feel because i just feel like when you're traveling like you're slowly like gaining memories and experiences that become Part of your identity, I mean, to put it frankly, because I, I remember, and you, I think we've all heard people talk about their trips, and sometimes it's like a little too exaggerated, and it feels too fantastical about like, oh, I'm such a changed person, I'm a new person, I found myself. But there is some truth to it when you you know go on certain trips to certain destinations. It really feels like you now have this new character, this new part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like to, you know, think about that and identify that when I get back from a trip um, because, yeah, it's just like, okay, I have this new perspective and it, it all this helps me, you know, in my daily interactions with people, you know, in, in regular life and, um, you know, how I understand, you know, social issues or politics and everything. It, it all goes into just how I process information and, transform my own way of thinking um and that all comes from i think going out and experiencing the world so there's a lot of uh um processing i think that goes on in my head after a trip oh for sure and again i love like i love a good purse trip personal survey it's something i started doing a while ago mm-hmm. where i actually because i'm I, I like to write but i don't like to, i like I don't know. I just wanted to write down in words because, you know, I love speaking. So I'd always podcast about it, but I would just write down in words, like what I felt when I stepped off the airplane and I came back home. So that airplane ride home or that bus ride or whatever that was, I would just make sure to just jot down in the moment. Hey, like, what did you, what do you remember feeling? Like, how are you going to retell these stories to your family and friends? Just things that I know I wanted to walk away with that I didn't want to lose and kind of keep with me in that moment. And also be able to look back and read and say, hey, man, I did have this feeling when I was there, or I really did have this crazy moment. And this is exactly how I remember it because I wrote it down in such great mm-hmm. detail. Um, that's been a great tool I've kind of taken with me on uh, some of my journeys as well. It's kind of helped me realize which places I really, really loved and really want to go back to, like New yeah, Zealand. Like um, but at... As we're winding down with our final three questions, it's been an amazing conversation so much and I, so far, and I really appreciate uh, you being here with me, Christian. What would be your elevator travel pitch? Right? If you meet someone for the first time and you're in an elevator and you only have a certain amount of time before they're getting off, and they're like, hey, I'm interested in travel, what do you think about that? Like, What is your response? How do you sell them? Not necessarily sell them, but how mm. do you encapsulate what travel means to you as quickly as possible to this person who's just 
trying to dip their feet into travel for the first time? Huh. I feel like... I think in today's day and age, we have really explored most corners of the earth. And, you know, we're just not necessarily, I mean, there are different ways that we're experiencing, you know, the universe and everything around us. But I feel like for us personally, like one of the best ways to explore the lives we live in the world around us is through travel and just stepping out of your comfort zone and putting yourself in a situation that is completely foreign to what you know and what you are used to i think that there's no other way to experience life to its fullest than traveling to a new destination that especially one that differs from what you know and grew up in um i think it's it's one of the most human experiences you can have is traveling so something like that maybe i try to tighten that up a little bit more <laughs> but um yeah that's that's how i feel about that and then who in the travel space has been your biggest inspiration or someone who continuously inspires you as you either mm. follow them or listen to them or talk to them uh just in regards to travel overall i don't think it's the most unique answer in the world but i was definitely inspired by anthony bourdain and mm. all the work that he did i think he really brought to light um, and in some ways glamorize the more raw, unadulterated side of the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. And I think in very similar ways, he did that for travel and his show, No Reservations and um, the different documentaries that he put together. And, you know, he really shows a very, um, again, like no veil, like human experience when it comes to what he focuses his his show on and the connectivity that is brought about by food and conversation um, in the different destinations that he's traveled to. I, I really like his approach and just what his own, what I perceive his goals were when he traveled. Um, and it, it's really opened up like questions in my mind when I'm going to a new destination as to, you know, what, what, what are people experiencing here on a, on a, a daily um know day-to-day -day basis uh you know what's the food here what's the history of the food like how do they sit around together do they have shared plates do they eat their own specific meals like who's doing the cooking why are they cooking this like is this a traditional meal there's just i think he his shows and what he brought to travel media have really transformed i mean even how subsequent travel shows have been formed and produced mm -hmm. i yeah i, I really liked his message and how he went about yeah his his own his own travel content yeah and he was definitely such an inspiration just his content uh mm. the way in which he's just everything that's absolutely hit the nail right on the head for me um and lastly uh if you had a travel podcast not lastly second to last i thought of another mm. one if you had a travel podcast uh, what would you talk about and why hmm well, I'm no philosophy expert <laughs> by any means, but I feel like I'd want to talk about philosophy and not necessarily on like a, you know, from ancient Greek to Eastern philosophy, but more like individual to individual, um, understanding like what is travel as a tool, as a form of, you know, relieving yourself from daily stressors. Like what does travel mean to 
people from different backgrounds. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, the parent who, you know, is raising their kids and they, and they want to enrich the lives of their children through, you know, travel and the education that comes with that. Mm -hmm. I want to learn about, you know, refugees and asylum seekers who are, you know, travel is their escape almost from persecution or their conduit to a better life. Um, you know, what has that journey meant to them and shaped them in their, in the new world that they've entered into. Um, you know, but even, I even like hearing, you know, and I, 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 when I meet with partners and suppliers in the luxury travel space, I find it very interesting to learn from, you know, someone whose background is in interior design and when they're traveling around the world and maybe they, you know, someone who designs hotels, for example, like what inspirations are they taking from, um, you know, the places they've been um, and the world around them into how they design a hotel room. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think understanding all of that and how we each perceive travel in such different ways, I think would be very interesting. And yeah, just get people, listeners thinking about, you know, travel is not just looking in a brochure and saying like, go lay on the beach here in the Caribbean. There's just there's so much more to be gained. Mm. Um, not nothing against going and laying on the beach because that sounds really nice right now, <laughs> um, but there's just there's a whole world uh, available to us through traveling um, our planet and experiencing. It. And people do it for many different reasons. So I'd love to explore that. Fa absolutely, like 100% with you on that. I think one of the reasons why I kind of kept. The name of my podcast and I didn't want to limit it to just talking about Taiwan when I was there is I want to open it up to being able to talk about anything that falls underneath the travel umbrella because there's so many there's limitless <laughs> things you can focus on and with every conversation there's something to be something to gain something to be learned like again how someone views travel their experiences in different countries all of that um so again if uh, I know one of the things I do want to do down the line and I am setting this up I'm taking polls from guests up not from listeners and saying hey you know, you heard a person I've had on and you've heard their conversation, the countries they've been to, you know, what country would you like us to just talk about? Right. So maybe mm -hmm. 10, 15 minutes and we just, you know, we talk about Morocco or we talk about um, Kenya or just something like that. We just focus on that place and just provide information, you know, knowledge, uh, ideas and things like that for listeners to kind of walk away and say, oh, I never even thought about Kenya like this. or I never even thought about Morocco in this way. Maybe I should look into experiencing more. So that's something I also want to do down the line as well that I think would be great. But yeah thank you so very much are there any questions that you have for me before we wrap up for the day again really appreciate having you on today learned so much just thank you i really really appreciate having you here. yeah no it's been an absolute pleasure um but yeah i do have a question because it's something that i've been thinking about as i've been answering um the amazing questions you've had for me but when you think of yourself you know before your life traveling how do you feel that you've changed the most? And also, how do you feel like you haven't changed at all? Like what have, has you felt like stayed the same throughout the journey in travel that you've taken? Oh man, that's a darn good question. I'm a, Jesus <laughs> Thank you. All these good questions. <laughs> this is the third time. No, it's actually the first time. Second time I've been speechless. Okay, I have to go. <laughs> all right, I know we have to go. So um, I think for me, wow, what, what changed the most is that I became a lot, honestly, I just became a lot less stubborn and I started to say yes more than I said no. I think I know for a fact, and I think I've said this before as well, that I was not very open-minded, not because like I was 
just wanted to be a certain way. It's just I really didn't know a lot of things about the world. And I think the best thing that travel did to me was open my eyes to how, like, I know, I say this all the time, I know what I know, but I know what I don't know. And I don't know a lot, but I want to know more. So I think travel really helped me maintain that zest for knowledge in a different way. Because I think academically, like, I always had straight A's, like, I was a great student, all that. But I, I limited myself because I thought that I knew it all. And I know people go through this when they're teenagers, like, I know everything. But I know there were some times where I did think that, oh, there's nothing else out there for me to learn. Uh, but the moment I stepped foot in another country, another place with other people, I was like, wow, I felt so small, but in a good way. Like, I feel I am small and I want to learn more. And the more I know, the larger I can become for myself, not to prove anything to anyone else, but just for myself, uh, just to know that there's so much out here to learn. And I think that's what never changed at the same time. I've always had a zest for knowledge and wanting to learn. But I think travel opened my eyes to what more the world had to offer to me beyond books, beyond just the academic side of it. So I think that would be how I definitely change and travel has definitely changed me and made me way more open-minded and way more just, I don't know, just energetic about learning and talking to people and hearing their thoughts and their opinions on everything and being open to accepting them. And then the other side of that is, I, I now, I have always loved that. I've always loved that side, but travel opened my eyes to what it really, really meant from a global perspective. I love that. Yeah. I feel like we so naturally put these boundaries up and, you know, once you travel it, like you're saying, it just, it shatters those boundaries and just puts you in a situation where you can really learn in ways that, you know, you just didn't need to, or are not used to learning know from in that environment that you maybe have grown up in or have become so used to but yeah super interesting um i do have one more question this is just a, a easier question um but what is the the weirdest and by weirdest i mean for you because obviously some people <laughs> might think it's weird that we eat mcdonald's chicken nuggets here because of how they're made um, but for you what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten um during your travels oh durian fruit durian smells terrible <laughs> yeah. it smells oh and stinky tofu like stinky tofu uh, in taiwan both i had both of them in taiwan but stinky tofu it smells terrible it smells like a wet sock and you can smell it from a mile <laughs> away it is the worst smelling thing ever invented but it tastes just like regular tofu um but that's the weirdest thing because of the smell of it and then durian fruit because also it just smells terrible and it's bitter and it didn't taste too good to me some people love it you can make good yeah. cocktails with it but those would be just the first two things that popped in my mind those two Ugh. that's a good answer <laughs> yeah both those things uh, i've tried durian and it definitely for me i felt like it tastes a little better than it smelled but it's like i don't need to and have this enter my diet because it's too much effort to get past the aromas of these foods um that's interesting and they actually call stinky tofu stinky tofu. Like that's the name in English. Right. Yeah. They're not hiding it. It's just like, <laughs> we know what it is. It's stinky tofu. So just eat it. <laughs> but thank you so very much, Christian, again, for joining the show. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Definitely want to welcome you back. Um, once I transition in the fall, just to talk about a destination, whichever destination you want, because there's so yeah. many that I know you love. Um, and I would just love to just have, you know, a quick 10, 15 minute conversation about it in the future. But Thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything else you want to mention, talk about, uh, say to wrap us up here today? Uh, no, just it's an absolute pleasure. I, I love the podcast. And yeah, I'm really excited to uh, talk more travel, both on and off camera, off mic. Yeah, I just I love what you're doing and excited to do more of it. 
Thank you so very much, Christian. And thank you, everyone else, for tuning in to yet another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. Make sure you like, share, subscribe to the podcast, of course. And if you have any questions for Christian, you can send them to me on Instagram, which most of you do. And I will pass them along to him and give answers back to you as quickly as we can. Uh, Keep them general, folks. You guys know how I do. I will decline all the silly ones. But thank you so very much for tuning in to yet another episode. I'm Carl, the Black Expat. We out here.